Welcome into another edition of New Track Record. Caleb Hatch and Justin Kinney with you, back with you for the final time in November. No episode next week due to the Thanksgiving holiday here in the United States. But first off, thanks for joining us here on November 17th here in the evening in the States. Justin, good evening. Hello. It's very un un auto racing like outside in terms of prototypical weather that you would love it is what is it now 25 degrees outside there's snow on the ground it's miserable here yeah it's it's very cold i think my car it's hovered around the 30s when i've been driving around town here in fort wayne but yeah it's it's brutal i'm hopeful it will warm up at least a little next week because we went straight last week i remember i walked in here to record and I was wearing flip flops. Yep. This and I think shorts or uh, like sweatpants and t shirt. And here we are. And now you're wearing sketchy looking gloves <laughs> that yes, may my... or may not look like they're from a key murder case from the early 1990s. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they're my black leather driving gloves. They're not isotoners, so I feel has, like I'm in the clear. And he has both of them. Yes. But, you also said you've stopped taking certain medications for some reason, <laughs> maybe to expand the size of your hands. But I digress. <laughs> that was a joke, right? Yes. Right? Probably. Yes. Sure. Probably. Yes. But that just, was a joke. If people listening, if it's just the Caleb show uh, here, when we come back after Thanksgiving, I would please like you to inquire on what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> Ask questions. Yes. Yes. As of right now, there are no suspects. No suspects. There's been no crime committed. Yeah. We're in the clear. But with that said, plenty to get to here in IndyCar. I think we have a fascinating assortment of mailbag uh, comments this week. Uh, I posed a Twitter question earlier in the week, and I think we have a lot of good responses on a poll, plus some other good stuff via Twitter as well. Um, we have some driver announcements. We have some driver rumors. So we'll dive right in. First off, the news of the week, news of the day, as we record here on Thursday. Stefan Wilson, Cusick Motorsports, they have announced their partnership. We knew this was coming last week. I think Marshall Pruitt had in the mailbag that they were set to have an announcement. And the team itself teased, I think, yesterday that they were going to make that announcement. So they join with Dreyer and Reinbold Racing uh, for the Indianapolis 500. That's one of the two entries there. Um, we knew they were going to partner with a team. Uh, I wasn't sure who they were going to partner with, but I think this makes the most sense. It does. And of course it was going to be Stefan Wilson and his relationship with Cusick Motorsports, and something that I didn't realize until reading Marshall Pruitt about the relationship with Cusick, Don Cusick and where he's based, which he is based at the thermal club in yes. Cali. So everything's starting to add up right in that respect. And Love to see Stefan Wilson back in the 500, at least trying to qualify. Also good to see Cusick Motorsports back. It's tough for me to see Sage Karam go away. I think he was very, very competitive at the 500. He was dynamic. He'd he'd always make some moves that, whether you thought they were good or bad, at least made you think about him and, and, and stuff like that. So hopefully he lands on his feet somewhere. But good to see Cusick Motorsports and Stefan Wilson back. Yeah, so uh, first off, I, we're a little biased because we interviewed Sage Karam in studio for the podcast a couple years ago, and that was a really cool experience for both of us. He was he was great to talk with. Um, so disappointed he will not be back with Ryan Reinbold Racing for the 500 next year, where he's been, what, outside of 20, 
14. He's been there every year. He was there 2013 and then 15 on, I believe. But um, not not a great 500 for him uh, this year, but last year he had his best ever finish in a seventh place. He's having success in NASCAR Xfinity. You hope you see him back in IndyCar. I just, I don't know if it'll happen, to be honest. Well, kudos to him because he's he's really burgeoning as a guy that could be, could be in Xfinity long-term and have opportunities there. So maybe a combination of that had 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 was reasoning behind this move or at least the lack of seat with with Ryan Reimble, but also I'm sure with the financing that Cusick Motorsports brings and Stefan Wilson definitely helping the Dryer Reimbold effort. Yes, and I'm happy to see that Gnarly Jerky is back as one of the sponsors for the car. So the beef jerky, um, hopefully they have another deal because I bought some last year <laughs> and it was pretty good. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Okay. But as you mentioned, Thermal Club, so Cusick, Don Cusick and Cusick Motorsports, they're based at the Thermal Club. I am sure he was essential in putting together that IndyCar Spring training test that's going to happen in February in California outside Palm Springs at that track. And just seeing the pictures, one, the car looks pretty good. Yeah. Two, the background, the backdrop for that track is incredible. Yep. So I'm excited for that test. That will be the, the thing. And look, they're doing it the same weekend as the Clash of the Coliseum. So IndyCar are doing their part to try to create a splash maybe take away from some of that attention for the clash. But all in all, this is a good deal announced. We knew there would be a seat for him somewhere. Good to see it happen. Now we get to questions about some of the other cars that are available for the Indy 500 and, and even for the season. And I think that's where things get interesting here. First off, um, this from Bruce Martin, Forbes.com. I feel like Bruce has a byline in like five different places. <laughs> he does. But I found this, and this is fascinating. So Dennis Reinbold, um, Bruce saying that Ryan Reinbold Racing could be an obvious landing spot for one of the three NASCAR Cup Series drivers. Think about it. Chevy team. Jimmy Johnson just switched to a Chevy team in Cup that he's a part owner, and we know he's going to run Daytona 500, probably a couple other races there. Uh-huh. So there's some obvious connections there, plus Kyle Busch, Kyle Larson, um, their connections. Look, Kyle Larson's with a Chevy team. Is Kyle Busch now with a Chevy team as well? I believe he is. I do believe so. So that's a key factor. And Reinbold saying if they've had any interest in those guys says, the only way I can answer that question right now is to say that we talked to everybody. We've gathered a lot of information and haven't made a decision. Huh. Interesting. I would hope that... There's dialogue between both because initially you'll say who who's dry and Reinbold. I'm not going to go there, but their success at the Indianapolis 500, at least their competitiveness is very good. And it would benefit all three of those if they would sign something with dry and Reinbold. So hopefully initially, yeah. Oh, it's not Andretti or Ganassi or Penske or, or McLaren, whatever, but Ryan Reinbold has put together fast cars and competitive teams into the 500 in recent history. And he, he says they're in no hurry of course not. to name the second driver. And you have to remember one of the other factors. So for Kyle Busch, there was talk of him going to McLaren, but there was an issue because he was going to be sponsored by Menards. And yeah, it had right. to do with the color of the cars. And and the, the papaya and the is the not papaya, going anywhere. Uh, yes. All, all of that. So that was 
obviously not an option. McLaren goes with Tony Kanaan for that seat, which again, it's a, a great pick, obviously. But this opens maybe another door for Kyle Busch and Richard Childress racing is a Chevy team. So that I, I thought they were. And that's another one of those things. So maybe Menards and Kyle Busch comes back in the picture now with this. I, I don't know. This has gotten quiet. But something to think about for their second car because they're in no hurry to name a driver. They already have one set. I think last year they had their drivers were Hilda. It was Ferrucci and Karam, and they were named reasonably early, right? Yeah, it was like was it early January? I, mean, I think it wasn't too far into the new year before we no. heard that. Yeah, so they have obviously plenty of time. But I find this fascinating that this article comes out same time as this this deal. So. What could we have here? What could it mean? I'm not sure, but just keep an eye on that. So add another wrinkle to the mix when we look to fill out this uh, Indy 500 entry list, and maybe we see one of those three somewhere, and could it be Dryer and Reinbold? And then elsewhere on the driver front, so Jimmy Johnson, obviously he's still looking for a ride, and I think... We don't really have clarity as far as where he will go. We just assumed it would be Chip Ganassi Racing uh-huh. uh, for Jimmy Johnson, but I don't know if we need to necessarily make that assumption based on what we've seen. Look, Dryan Reimold could very well be an option. That's another thing that's been put out there. Johnson saying new deal has been finalized for him, the Indy 500. You know, would he have to be with a Chevy team because he's with a Chevy team in NASCAR? And I feel like it's a little different when you're a part owner versus just being a driver. Right. Yeah, a little bit more involved, right? So I don't know. Is is Jimmy Johnson just being coy because he doesn't want to tip his hand or is he being coy because he's just lacking the interest to do much if any IndyCar next year? At, at this point, it's tough to get a read on one or the other at this point. Yeah, yeah, like... The Indy 500 would be, perhaps, is that the most that he does in IndyCar right. next year? That's I, the question. The further we go, the more I think that's the case. We still have time, of course, but the longer we go without a commitment, I feel like it's going to be the 500 or nothing. Yes. Yeah, I think that seems pretty clear. So we don't really have a read on that second car for Dryan Reinbold, but it, it sounds like, based on what Stefan Wilson, Cusick Motorsports, that partnership brings to the table, it seems as if this is one of those opportunities where Dryan Rammel can go out and pick and choose who will be in that second car with who's available. Stefan Wilson will participate in the Indy 500 open test on April 20th and 21st of next year. Practice for the 500 starting May 16th, 2023. So just, you know, what, six months to go? Uh, plenty of time. <laughs> plenty of time. And you do bring up a good point about that second car. For Dryan Reinbold is I'm sure financially now with Cusick Motorsports involved is they have a little bit more wiggle room in terms of budget. So we don't need to bring in a fully in terms of fully paid driver or fully funded driver bringing his own money. Maybe they have a little bit more autonomy in that respect and can go after somebody they would like to go after instead of having to be forced to pick from guys that bring a sizable budget. Yeah, I think that's that's the key, and I think that's what they have with this program. I mean, we saw their lineup last year. It seemed like they already had the sponsors in place. It was just that they, they hired the drivers they wanted to hire, and hopefully that's the case for this second car. 
And also probably financially with Cusick Motorsports on board, it allows them to wait a little bit longer. With the financing, they're not scrambling, trying to figure it out. They, okay, this is what we got. This is what we can do going forward. So it really helps, I think, Dreyer and Reinbold make some decisions with that other car based on what they have with Cusick and Stefan Wilson. Elsewhere in, in team and driver news, so Jennifer Fryer reporting Chip Ganassi Racing will swap the number 48 for the number 11, so they'll run 8, 9, 10, 11 for their four cars. Which they used to do in recent history, right? Didn't um, they do it when they had the satellite team and it was 2 and no, 2? No, no, that was 38 and 83. Okay, that's so right. So Ray Hall was 38 that. and Kimball was 83. What was it before it was the 48? Um, Well, it was three cars. So they added and it was the 48. Yeah. Gotcha. It, it always made sense to have them in order, in my opinion. You got 8, 9, 10, and then that was always one outlier. So Jenna says the drivers of the 11, drivers, plural, expected to split ovals with a veteran in Roden Street young guy. She says she thinks Ryan hunter Ray would be the oval guy. I think that makes sense because he has the experience and also he's what the Ganassi IMSA development driver or something along yeah, those already lines. in the family, so to speak. Now, as far as who that other car would be, the driver of that car to make it a, a full-time, you know, split entry. She mentions a young guy, my guess, Stingray Rob. He was thrown out there, I think, by MarshallPrudentRacer.com earlier in the offseason as someone wanting to put together a package like that. Could he be that guy? How young is young? I mean, could it be Nicholas Latifi? (laughs) What's so funny? I mean, he's not that young, right? (laughs) Isn't he like 29? I mean, by, yeah, I agree. But we'd heard him thrown around before earlier in this offseason. And I do feel like there's at least one domino that's going to fall at the conclusion of the Formula One season. Correction, he is 27, so oh, he is a little younger prime. than I guessed. He's younger than Ryan Hunter-Ray? Yes, by a lot. <laughs> by like 15 years. A little bit. So, we'll see. We'll see. I, I don't know. I, th- I think a lot of people had doubts whether that entry would happen. And look, it, I think it will happen. We just have no idea on the driver for that car because we know it's not going to be Jimmy Johnson involved. If he is involved, all signs point to him if he ends up at Ganassi and being a fifth car yeah, just for the 500. So a lot to decide here still. Yes. And as far as other driver and team related news, so sportscar365.com, Brian Herta Autosport. Okay, yeah, you know they're they run sports cars. Uh-huh. Uh, Hyundai LMDH ruled out amid their GTP class ambitions. This, we're talking IMSA here, but interesting uh, comment in this article from Herta saying, we're still open to doing something in WeatherTech and or IndyCar in the future, and we've got some things we're working on. So does that mean splitting off and going back to his own team again? Yeah. That's tough because as the guy on the box for Colton that's difficult I could see with Colton once he made a move to Formula 1 and whenever that comes that happening but could it be a so how did that work even before was they were Brian heard of Autosport a partner with Andretti towards the end so you know that's a great question because remember, they were a separate team Correct. in 2010. They ran Savager at the 500. 2011, they ran Dan Weldon. They were partnered with Sam Schmidt. Right. Um, Maybe they were partnered with somebody else. I can't remember. 
But then, yeah, toward the end, but I they, thought they were absorb. I thought they went to as the partnership with Andretti, and then kind of got. So they did Indy Lights in two thousand nine and two thousand ten, and then Savage ran the five hundred that year, making the race. Even though he was in the hospital, learned that he qualified. Obviously, Dan Weldon won in twenty eleven. Um, then twenty twelve and thirteen, they ran Alex Tagliani. Uh, they had the the Slotus, so that really uh-huh. hurt them. And then. Then it was rebranded. Uh, well, it was rebranded as Barracuda Racing for 2013 with Tagliani and Honda. And then in 2014, they lost Barracuda. Um, and then Jack Hawksworth was in the car. And then in 2015, they had Gabby Chavez um, that they hired for the Indy 500. And then in 2016, they merged with Andretti. That's what it was. Alexander Rossi driving the 98 car. So that's, that's how that was. happened. I don't see Brian Herta branching back off with Colton still in the series. I could see this happening once Colton's in Formula One. Agreed. I, I think that's something kind of down the line that's been identified that's not really that imminent. The only reason why Brian Herta is in the position he's in right now and not running his own team or not a team principal or something is because of his son. That's the only reason. Yes. So once his son is gone then I think it would mean that Brian Herta would love to get into a position back running his own team. Yes, for sure. Um, some other team news that we had. So in uh, Indy Lights, a.k.a. Indy Next, uh, yeah. Legacy Autosport will not take part in the series in 2023. They had announced a two-car program back in June. This is from F1 Feeder Series Americas. Team has sold its Delora Lights chassis and will focus on USAC dirt car racing next year. Interesting. Mm. My guess is they sold their car to HMD. <laughs> uh, yeah, HMD is just gobbling up everybody's spare chassis. Yes. Also a note on Detroit. They will have a pit lane that will utilize both sides. Oh, fun. The quote, cars will exit and in an orderly fashion it pit <laughs> out. I'm sure that will go quite well. So I'm envisioning it so... Usually, pit crews have to check behind them to see if cars are coming in. Now they're going to have to look across the lane, too, to make sure somebody's not coming out directly across from them. Yeah. That'll be fun. Yeah. Now, does it say it's a single lane or is it two lanes? Uh, There will be like a fast lane and slow lane. Oh, that because that works out all the time. Yes. That works well. Yes. We'll see how that works. But yeah, the orderly fashion thing is funny. Like that's ever happened ever in in (laughs) auto racing. Right? What could go wrong? Oh, uh, yeah. What could go wrong? And then we got some other driver news. Josh Pearson, who is 16, Oregon native, has been named an Ed Carpenter Racing development driver targeting IndyCar in 2025. So, so what, what is he going to be racing in? He is set to compete in lights this year. And then it'll be his first season. Sorry, Indy next. Uh, he'll be with H and B Motorsports. <laughs> Everybody is. Um, combining, Didn't you say he raced with uh, race in Le Mans? Yes. So he's actually had some success in his career. He was fourth in USF 2000 in 2021. Then raced in sports cars this past year. Competed, uh, competed for United Autosports, which Zach Brown owns that team, I believe, in the WEC. Uh, he had a win in the Sebring 1,000-kilometer, finished the season third in points, 
So he's the youngest ever person to win in the World Endurance Championship. He's also the youngest driver to start the Rolex 24 Hours of Daytona as well. Mm. So he's had success as a young driver, but we've seen how these things have worked. Kiffin Simpson with Ganassi, now Josh Pearson with Ed Carpenter Racing. It just seems like there's a check involved to be named that. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. And it's the equivalent I told you of college football programs, college basketball programs offering middle schoolers, yeah, scholarships. Like it's or a ninth grader. Yeah, it's it's just to be to arrange that, and it doesn't mean anything if that driver doesn't perform well. So if he continues to develop, then first rights appear to be Ed Carpenter Racing, but it doesn't mean anything if the if if the driver fades and 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 bombs and, and anything. It's just basically a secure move. You see it now in, in formula one. And unfortunately this is a trend that I think it's just going to get bigger and bigger over here in the States is these development drivers. Just, just don't be signing reserve drivers, please. For the love of God. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like that's kind of the IndyCar equivalent that we yeah. have here, but the plan part-time with HMD motorsports in 2023 also be racing a sports car program with United Autosport and WEC full-time in lights 2024. Makes sense, but the the path is for him to be in IndyCar in 2025. I mean, look, we'll he, he couldn't be there before that time anyway, right? Don't he have to be 18 to compete in IndyCar? Yeah, I just, there's so many what-ifs and we'll-sees and this stuff. I don't really buy into this development driver, other than the fact that he seems like a good talent that's going to be in the into in Indy Lights, and that's tremendous for the series. But he's got to put up results to have any shot at IndyCar. And he could even win an, a championship and doesn't have a hope at IndyCar. Just ask uh, certain drivers that uh, we've Ugh. talked about. Ugh. Linus Lundquist. Yeah, that continues to be a black eye. If, if he can't even get an IndyCar race, and I'm talking like the Indy 500 or something. I mean, this is a major stain on the series. And uh, I don't know if that's a topic for another time. I feel like we've talked about it. We have. Plenty. It's tough. It's just, it's, Linus Lundquist is not a bum. He dominated the Indy Light Series last year, and he still can't get a ride. The the the, the road to Indy is broken, then, if if it doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's that simple. It's, it's, you know, so many people have said, well... The, the the European system doesn't work because you get to Formula 2 and then there's no way into Formula 1. Uh-oh. We have a the equivalent of an F2 champion with no road into IndyCar. That's a problem. Absolutely a problem. And something that continues to be a problem, the rivalry between Chip Ganassi, Zach Brown, it seems like everyone's swapping spots. Taylor Kyle, who's the That's former a win for Chip. team manager at Aaron McLaren SP, is now with Chip Ganassi Racing. Similar role. I don't think they have an official title, but Michael is his stepdad, which I think I learned back a, a few months ago. But Hull saying some people are really into titles, but we never have been. Uh, so Mike O'Gara. Kyle will report to Michael. Interesting. Uh, and then Mike O'Gara will be moved into a different role. He's the director of operations. He'll oversee the Cadillac GTP LMDH programs in IMSA and the WEC. So he did race strategy for Marcus Erickson, of course, winning the Indy 500. Uh huh. But he has extensive sports car experience, according to Marshall Pruitt. So that's where they're at. 
But we knew something was up when Tyler, yes. Taylor Kyle left um, McLaren for whatever reason. We knew he'd land on his feet somewhere. Whether that was a deal that was in the works before he left or came about after, who knows? Michael's saying, but people might not realize that around the dinner table, we don't talk about work. <laughs> um, I'm, that's good. That's good. Yeah, that's probably for the best. Yeah, probably. But obviously, it, this makes sense, and a lot of people guess this was the move that was going to be happening. Maybe this was part of some of the agreements they made. Who knows? Who right? knows what's going on behind the scenes at both of those teams at this point, particularly when it relates to each other. Yeah, the, it, when they announced the move that he was leaving, it almost seemed like he was let go. But was he? Was he? Was this move already completed and they were just, he had to serve out a, who knows? Some sort Could of be a non compete or something. Yeah. Is it, did he tell McLaren he was leaving to take a job for next season and they were like, well, we don't want you around here now? Uh, who knows? But yeah. Taylor Kyle lands on his feet and as he should, whether it was premeditated or not, he's in a good spot. Absolutely. All right. One other note I want to get to now before we get into the mailbag. A bit early because we have a lot of good stuff. But Hy-Vee IndyCar Weekend, the schedule has been announced for the concerts. And dare I say, I feel like next year is even better than this year. You see it as an upgrade. I do. And this year, I'm trying to think. So there's Gwen Stefani, Blake Shelton. Who else? Tim McGraw? Tim, uh, he was at Nashville. I saw him at Nashville. Okay. I'm drawing a blank. No. Uh, I don't know. Oh, was it, um, was Florida Georgia Georgia line last year? So they're going to be back again this year, right? No, no. It was Florida Georgia line and somebody else. Yeah, it was Florida Georgia line. We'll get there. Gwen Stefani. Yeah, it was Tim McGraw. So Tim McGraw, Florida Georgia line. Yeah, my apologies. Gwen (laughs) Stefani, Blake Shelton. So we, we got there. It took us a bit. But for 2023, July 21st to the 23rd, Carrie Underwood will do pre-race Saturday on July 22nd. Kenny Chesney, post-race on Saturday. Uh-huh. Then on Sunday, pre-race will be Zach Brownband. And post-race Sunday, Ed Sheeran. Pretty good lineup. I say those are four grade A acts again. Absolutely. And this is, look, they've found a way to make this work. I hope the attendance and everything is, is just as good. And people will say, well, these aren't IndyCar fans. And I so, say, I don't care. This cares? is the best case scenario. You're getting IndyCar in front of people who've probably never seen IndyCar before. Yeah. So great for hy V to once again, be investing big money in this. You can guarantee it's big money and IndyCar investing in it, but not to the level that hy V. hy V is very much driving this doubleheader weekend. That was tremendous last year. And, already lining up to be tremendous in terms of, of the musical acts as well. Absolutely. So we shall see how that plays out, but I think that's a really good lineup. Dare I say an improvement over 2022, but we'll see what becomes of it next summer. All right. If you agree or disagree with us and, and you might in terms of what we have to say in the mailbag coming up, Oh, 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 uh, we'd love for you to interact with us. Our website, newtrackrecordpodcast.com. While you're there, sign up for the email list. That way you'll never miss an episode or any special announcements that we make. Plus, while you're there, you can uh, check out the store. We have stickers and t-shirts for sale. Great Christmas gift for fans of the podcast in your life or for yourself, if you will. Also, 
You can find us on your favorite social media platforms, Twitter, the handles IndyCar Podcast, the same on Instagram, on Facebook, just search for New Track Record. You can email us, NewTrackRecordPodcast at gmail.com. We also have Patreon, patreon.com slash new track record. You can be a supporter for as little as a dollar a month. Thanks to Xavier, Rob, and others for their support each and every month. And you can listen to us for free, as always, on your favorite podcasting platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast, CastBox, Amazon Music, what have you. You can always listen to us all for free. All right, Justin. So we get into the mailbag, and I think we have a lot this week, so I wanted to get to it early, because I think we'll get a lot of good stuff out of it. Yes, sir. But I posted this poll the other day. What is the biggest need for IndyCar right now? So we're in the off-season, and this is where we kind of talk and think about these things. things, right? Yes. So third OEM, new events, new chassis, or marketing. And we had a lot of votes in this. Thanks, everyone, for voting. But under marketing, 50.7%. That was the, the top vote getter. Then second, third OEM, 29.3. New chassis, 13.3. New events, 6.7%. Now, I figured third OEM or marketing would either be one or two. I think I'm a bit surprised that new events was last. I'm kind of surprised at the, at the fact that there was only 13% that voted for new chassis because yeah. so many people always talk about that, including us. So diving into the responses, a lot of people with, with comments on here and there's a lot to say so we'll get to it and first these from poet shevchenko uh all the above because no single one is a magic bullet and the positive effect is cumulative the more boxes you check if he added twist my arm i would say marketing because what good are the others if you don't have a marketing department who will tell people about it but i have to add that marketing without any of the others is wasted effort yeah Hard to disagree with I that. I do feel that in the current state of IndyCar, without changing anything, a dramatic increase in a marketing budget would work wonders. Yes, because while the other stuff, uh, those other things are needs, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Because F1 has new events and they just debuted new cars this year. NASCAR has new cars. Uh, they have new, new events. events. Yeah. Um, F1 getting you know new OEMs in the coming years. Is it? Porsche or Audi? I can't remember. One backed out Audi. and one's in. Porsche backed out. Audi's in, right? I think so. So either way, there's some buzz. And obviously the marketing's there for both series. And part of it's because they're announcing new events. And that, that gets buzz. Correct. I mean, Chicago, The Clash. Um, they did Bristol on Dirt a couple years ago. And they're still doing that. Also bringing back uh, North Wilkesboro. I mean, all those things for Cup. That creates buzz. F1, obviously, Miami this year, Vegas next year. I mean, that creates a lot of buzz. It does, but they both of those organizations, both those entities also have a tremendous marketing budget. So they're making their events a big deal, let alone their their new events. And Mar- IndyCar just refuses to, to invest in marketing. And the, I feel like the product is good enough right now that it warrants more people watching. And that's directly tied to marketing. This from Big D. Cart marketing, it's new events. Just add Cleveland to the schedule. All of any any cards <laughs> problems will be solved. Boom. You could say the End same for Milwaukee or Michigan as well. Yes. Uh, run underscore Mark underscore run on Twitter says all the above, but the racing product is very good. Still, just not enough people watching it, which again, marketing, right? right. It, it, yes, exactly. It, it goes back to marketing. 
Vicky Lynn 26 says we need all of them, but without eyes on the product makes it difficult to get those sponsor dollars that pay for the other things. Great point. So the TV product, as far as consistency and what they have, I mean, you can't really get much better than what they have right now. In and they did the have deal. an increase. Yes. They from last year to this year, what was it like five, five and a half percent? Sure. It was something. Not not high enough to be dramatic to warrant a massive increase in marketing spending. But I think you have to sometimes, and we talked about it last week, invest money to make money. I think marketing would be where I would invest. We we, we don't know if IndyCar has the right marketing people in the right positions because I don't think they're giving given all the tools to succeed or yeah. at least try, right? So they have to come up with, with dumb slogans that are thrown around for a couple of weeks at the beginning of the season that disappear. Defy everything. And it goes away. Like This is the extent of what they're able to do based on the budget they have. Give them a give them a sizable budget, a seven-figure budget, a couple million dollars to see what they could do. And if they crash and burn, then you know you need to make changes in that department. But give them the opportunity to try to try something. Big underscore next 12. All the above. IndyCar has to take it wherever they can. Jeff Cernesky says, I think it's all of them. Third OEM would help with marketing by spending advertising dollars, possibly a title sponsorship of a new event. Great point. It also take pressure off Chevy and Honda for engine supply and help support teams and drivers. But how do you get OEMs interested? Marketing. More marketing. More people yes. watching. It all comes back to that. How do you get new events that want to host IndyCar? Marketing. More people watching. How do you get a third OEM? Marketing. More people watching. It all ties back to more eyes on product. Jeremy from HBG says, if the first three happen without the fourth, would anyone not currently watching notice? Uh, so back to all that matters marketing. is marketing. Yes. Right? I think that's, I think it's, I mean, I agree. Marketing is number one because you can't attract the other things without being able to market your product and get it in front of more people right. who then in turn find more value in said product. What are the, what is the most, and this is how, how broke the marketing budget is for IndyCar is one of their, their big things weekly throughout the season, putting on the, the old races on, on YouTube. Mm-hmm. That's e that they, they already own the rights to a lot of those, right? They're just uploading them though. So that's. That's stuff that they try to make a big deal that's not costing hardly anything. And and that's the extent of, of when we look at big marketing pushes. Oh, they put those weekly races up. It's not costing them much of anything. Uh, this from Alan Saters, A. Saters on Twitter. A new company to build the IndyCar game. Yeah, Motorsport Games is in a bit of trouble. Is it more? It's more stock market related, right? Yes. Again, more NASDAQ trouble. And I... Don't, I don't understand, understand any it. of that stuff. So all I know is the game's supposed to be out in May. We haven't seen anything. Yeah, Zach C eight seven seven one says I truly don't understand why a new chassis isn't a main focus. I guess expense because the car is clearly outdated and it's affecting racing, primarily oval racing, which they claim they want more of. No better marketing than great highlights. True, if the product's not good, you can't market it uh, a stagnant product, and that's what any car has as far as the chassis, the car. You've had the same two engine manufacturers going all the way back to, what, 2013? Right. That's a good point. Uh, Transocean Trojan, uh, listening to your last podcast about the state of IndyCar made me think that they need to go a complete opposite way of what they are doing. F1 has the market cornered on technology, and most of what IndyCar does is just F1 light. Scrap the current model and hybrid tech, etc. Go back to V8 muscle car engines. Embrace that void of what the old school IndyCar F1 fans want. They pine for the V10 days. It's true. Dump the OEMs and go with unbranded engines similar to what they ran in the 80s, 90s. 
got to differentiate yourself from what F1 is doing somehow, in my opinion. They can't afford to dump Chevy and Honda. No, no, I can't. No. That's the problem. It, I, in a perfect world, that's a good idea to open things up, but yeah, you can't dump. It's the future of, of the sport. The Roth says manufacturer buy-in, not just third OEM, but real investment in publicity. I firmly believe IMSA and WEC convergence took a lot of interest away from IndyCar. Another excellent point because I feel like there's more buzz about this LMDH program than anything IndyCar has done since announcing the Nashville race. Well, there's more buzz in particular with the from OEMs too, with WEC and sports cars. So in that respect, the engine manufacturers are seeing much more allure into what WEC is doing. And, and those things than IndyCar. Meanwhile, our call says it's marketing and working with sponsors. Marketing, yeah. marketing, marketing. All about the marketing. All of the other things on the list happen easier with better marketing and more eyes on product. Yes. So that was, that was a poll question. A, a, lot of spons- a lot of responses. So thanks to everyone for letting us know what you had to say on that. As far as other mailbag items... This is from N.K. Harden. This is the biggest waste of time, energy, and money I've ever seen any car partake in. This virtual <laughs> crap is a joke. Going to create virtual clothes for the dying metaverse, but 99% of the U.S. doesn't even know who won the Indy 500 last year. Good marketing focus. So this is referring to IMS coming to the meta- metaverse. They filed a trademark app for Indy. Plans for virtual clothing, footwear, automobiles, NFT-backed multimedia, retail stores for virtual goods and media. Right, I am not so, going to pretend to understand. So Look, you buy a virtual virtual clothes? I guess. I don't understand. Here's here's my thing. When it comes to NFTs, which stands for non-fungible tokens, uh-huh. you're essentially renting and not owning something. It's a like a digital Rental. copy of, of something, something that's tangible, real. Something real. Yes. Right. And but you don't own it. The the metaverse itself. While maybe it's this great idea, it's not taken off. Look, Meta, which is Facebook, rebranded, right. but their Metaverse or whatever division just laid off something like 11, 12, 13,000 people last week. That's a lot of people. Yeah. So it's, it's not taking off to the level that they want. It makes and no sense. I, I don't get it. It is very much like video games when you unlock different skin, like let's say Fortnite, because I know a lot about Fortnite because my son never stops talking about it, <laughs> is you can purchase these skins and different things to use with your, but you don't, I mean, you own them in the game, but they don't mean anything, right? So, and very much in playing video games when you grew up and, and me, I still play video games. When you, when you advance through a game, you unlock different characters or you unlock different levels or skin all this different stuff weapon like that's kind of what this is but it's a video game it's not real life so weird yeah i i don't understand any of that it just seems like a way for rich people to make more money off of you <laughs> yeah, with look, something you don't even laugh know. at you for you owning something you really don't own it's on your phone or it's on your tablet or whatever and this just seems like another move similar to IndyCar Next where it was like a bunch of old people trying to be hip and this is the future, even though it's just absurd. Makes no sense. Uh, Beans B-Card blog, a couple of uh, thoughts on things. Indy Next sounds like something that some kid two years out of marketing school at IUPUI came up with and thinks is groundbreaking. Seeing on marketing, it's blown my mind how underwhelming the marketing under Penske has been. Where are the trading cards? good point it's been 15 years since there was a set i'm having to rely on tops f1 sets 
to try. Uh oh, lost my place on the feed. To try and scratch that itch for your trading cards. Yeah, it just it just went away. So hang on. <laughs> well, it's difficult. I I don't know how much this this message obviously somebody that's big into trading cards but i don't think that's the missing link with marketing for indycar i think it's across the board but it's either really young and experienced people that don't know what they're doing or older people and i look i'll be one of them if i'm 40 i am 40 i'm a man and (laughs) trying to come up with hip ideas like when when i do my day job and uh, i'm being told when, when i'm trying to order apparel for for our football teams and i'm i'm being told like what kids want to wear i don't know I don't know what kids want to wear. You tell me. I'm not going to pretend to know what the next big thing is in terms of marketing and social media and all that stuff. And so it seems like with IndyCar, they have a bunch of people that like to think they know, but they don't. So continuing on, we're back as far as from Beans B-Card blog. Um, In other marketing, I can't think of one thing that changed or has gotten better. I'm quite happy with where the weekly car count is, but disappointed in the 500. There's zero reason that Chevy and Honda can't have more engines. Is that they won't? That's not a partnership. No, there's a reason why. It's because they, they don't want to spend the money on every yeah. engine lease. But again, though, like that means that they're invested only so much. And with better marketing and more people watching, maybe their loss become doesn't become as great. Correct. And then finally, I'd like to see 20 events, but at the same time, realize that dance is a two-way street. It's a shame that Kentucky sold their souls to the devil and the track is now closed. If they try to get any cart, any car would tell them to go F off. <laughs> Didn't it Kentucky, the picture that was re- around earlier this year, that that's where they were parking all those new pickup trucks that yes. didn't have the uh, chips. Chip, in them. Yeah. It looked great as a parking lot. Oh yeah. Which is a major bummer, but that's oh. where we're at. And that is the mailbag for this week. So Very thanks nice. to everyone Good responses, for their everybody. submissions. Oh, wait, one more uh, from N.K. Harden in reference to Dryan Reinbold possibly going after, you know, Jimmy Johnson, Kyle Busch, Kyle Larson, swinging for the fences, man. I like it. Look, that's what you got to do. They've been able to hit on some of these things. Yeah. They've gotten lucky. Alonzo, Jimmy Johnson. The worst they can say is no. Correct. So we'll see ask. what happens. All right, moving on to news and notes. A couple of fun things to get to first off uh st pete tickets on sale uh, i think last week we mentioned is three-day tickets gpstpete.com that's where you can get all the info for that now we also mentioned last week the Juncos racing argentina demonstration so they got like fifty thousand buenos Aires, and wow. then at the other circuit which would be the IndyCar track. So MotoGP has raced at Circuit Termas de Rio Hondo since 2013. And Ricardo Juncos telling IndyCar.com, we predicted three to 5,000 people. What showed up was more than 15,000 people. And this was on a Wednesday in the afternoon. <laughs> and I, I streamed it on YouTube. Look, there was quite the crowd. It was quite the event. It sounds like there's a lot of interest. And you know how we all kind of like poo-pooed the idea of Augustine or Augustine Canapino as being the driver? I said from the beginning he could be that dude. I didn't think he would be unless they got the race there. But I'm starting to to come around and think, yeah, this guy's going to be 
Especially for Ricardo Juncos, if he's able to drum up some sponsorship support in Argentina for an Argentinian team with an Argentinian driver, there's no way you're taking him out of that seat. And if people turned out, like naturally, if you're going to try to get a race in Argentina, you want an Argentinian guy yes, or girl Yes, and in this the guy's seat. a star. I mean, he's essentially the best driver in Argentina. Yeah. Most popular driver, Juncos says. So hire him. IndyCar should go there, but... They just don't seem to get it, I think, at this point. Junko says he hopes to have Canapino drive for the team in the future, especially if the country lands a race on the calendar. So you could take that one or two ways. You could take that, okay, he'll be with the team, and then they'll get him set ahead of that race, or he'll just run that race as a a one-off. Either way, like he needs to run that race if they go to Argentina. And if there's sponsorship for Ricardo Juncos that will sign on for a season with him in the seat, you're absolutely running him. Absolutely. Other news and notes. So the IMS Museum has an exhibit that is starting, well, tomorrow, as we record, November 18th, a a Friday, but it's called Second, and they'll have second place cars, cars that finish second in the 8500. So they've been teasing that, and I saw a Newman Haas car. As far as the teaser, I was like, yeah, I think I know where this is going. (laughs) Either a a Newman Haas exhibit or cars that didn't win the Indy 500. Also, Speaking of uh, fancy cars, you can buy Sylvester Stallone's car from Driven at bringatrailer.com. Raynard IndyCar Roller. So that would mean no engine, obviously, but no reserve. Yeah, I'd love to see the bids on that. Yeah. Or the n- lack of bids. December 1999. It was with Target Chip Ganassi Racing and then Delapena Motorsports in the 2000 season, then used in the 2001 film Driven that we all know and love. Oh. Absolutely. So timeless classic. Nextel branding. Really? Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. So, I mean, this is, look, the movie really sucked, but I mean, it was you cool to see the cars in it. Cars, it had sponsorship, it had big money behind it. Yes. It, it turned into a, a crap. Sh- We've talked about it before. I, I would love to see a detailed study on how that bumped up viewership and interest in the series despite the the movie being bad did it work to get more eyes on product that's why i'm saying if if more eyes on product means you make a driven two, sign me up i'm buy my tickets tomorrow <laughs> what <laughs> too driven too driven i love it too driven yeah that's what it has to be right i, I mean it has to be a remake. Maybe that's what they're looking at doing instead of a, a streaming series driven to. Do it. <laughs> Do it. Oh, wow. See, the ideas just keep flowing. H- hire us, IndyCar. You won't have to pay us too much. Yeah, not too much. I mean, some, but... Yeah, not not too much. <laughs> okay. I think that really wraps it up. It, look, we had some good stuff. A lot of good stuff on the mailbag. A lot of follow-up from last week and our, our state of IndyCar, but that's where things stand. Good to see he also a big crowd in Sweden for Marcus Erickson. Yes. And majority of people in America may not know who won the Indianapolis 500, but Sweden sure as hell knows. Yes. Kumla and Stockholm as part of their tour. He was in a mall in Stockholm. There was a huge line. Was that like for pictures and autographs? Yeah, and I think so. The The event in Kumla, his hometown. People getting pictures with the Borg Warner and all that. It would look like a cool event. So the, the Borg winner, I think we, we talked about this last week, but 
It's been out of the, the U.S. three times. And we knew the, the two, obviously, Sweden with Marcus Erickson and then Japan, Japan. with Takuma Sato. Do we know the third time? Does anyone know the third time? Because I certainly don't. Brazil? Would it be Canada, Brazil? I, I'm not sure. Probably Brazil with Elio. Go with, yeah, right? That would be my One guess. One of the four times on there? Yeah, I would, I, I, would, I would think. So if anyone, if anyone knows the answer, please tweet us. That would be my us. final answer. Snail mail, uh, Facebook message, Instagram DM, Twitter DM, whatever, what have you. Let us know. All right, tweets of the week time. Couple of tweets. This from Justin Marks, team owner NASCAR. Remember what it felt like the first time you ever saw a race car at speed? Let us never forget that feeling. It should drive everything we do in this industry. I like Justin Marks. Old yes. school. And then this, a hat tip to P. Gaynor 14 for a Tweet of the Week nominee, and this is very funny. A underscore Cosgrove, uh, quote tweeting the High V concert announcement. Yeah. And saying, I'm in love with the shape of you, and then a picture of the Iowa Speedway, <laughs> you know, track. Very nice. As far as from you know the the circuit, like the yeah. oval, yeah, black and white look. So I think that was pretty funny. So that's tweets of the week. All right, time now for a random split error driver of the week. Another random guy that neither of us had heard of. And where are we going? We're going to the 2001 IRL season. I want to say. So looking. At the schedule, since I actually have the master sheet right now ahead of me. And actually, we have two different years, but 2000 would probably be preferred. Okay. But it would be Stevie Reeves, born in Speedway, Indiana. Hometown guy. 1992-1993 USAC midget champion. Came up through the, the grassroots racing. He also competed in 85 races over seven years in what is now the NASCAR Xfinity Series. First race, the 94 Goodwrench 200 at Rockingham. Last race, the 1998 Gum Out Long Life Formula 200 at Loudoun. Oh, that was a classic. He so, had a couple top 10s, I think, yes, over the course of his two career. Two top 10s, one pole. Also did three races in uh, trucks. I uh, competed at the 2000 Kroger 225 at Kentucky. And then the 2000 Michigan 200 at Michigan. Those were the only races he did. So just a handful of races. It was the Bush Series back then. I was curious yep. what was the, the title. And it it was the Craftsman Truck Series, which it is again starting next yeah. year once again, which is so cool. Absolutely. A lot of nostalgia with that. Pretty but cool. In IndyCar, so he competed in 1998 with Pagan Racing in the Indy Racing League. Uh-huh. And just one race at Charlotte finished in 10th. So that was his lone top yeah, 10. Top 10. Look at him. Of his four races in IndyCar. And then 2000, the 2000 Indy Racing Northern Light Series. Yeah, he buddy. Was 22nd in Atlanta, 21st at Kentucky. And this is back when they did two races at Texas. So the season finale, he was 22nd. Okay. And that's it. That's all. All she wrote. And what team did he race for that year in 2000? Logan Racing. Okay. Never he heard did of that him. both in 1998 and 2000. Logan Racing, so obscure, it doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. No. Pagan Racing does. That was 1998. Yes. Okay. With the team. And then he also had a spotting career. This is, I think, where it gets. More fascinating, at least to me. 2005, he was employed with DEI. Uh, spotted for Paul Menard in the Bush Series. Nice. Also drove USAC Silver Crown Series. And was the spotter for Dale Jr., the 2004 Daytona 500, which was Jr.'s first win in the event. How about that? Nice. Pretty cool for Stevie. And Good then worked him. as a spotter for JTG Doherty Racing's number 47 car of Ryan Priest. Then he was with Christopher Bell, the number 95 Levine family racing 
car in 2020. So he's had a, quite the career as a spotter. Right. A good second career staying in motorsports. But yeah, the four races in IndyCar, one in 98, three in 2000. The split era that continues to give us a lot of randomness. And all three IRL races in 2000, he suffered mechanical failures in each event. I feel like that was a, that was a problem racing. quite a bit back yeah. in the early days of the IRL. Especially for those underfunded teams, of which there were plenty early on. But I, I found this nugget. 1994, so I talked about his, his Bush career. So he joined Mark Thomas Racing, number 96 Chevrolet. You will not believe the sponsor on this car. Okay, so... You're never going to guess, but it's going to blow your mind. I'm going to say some sort of cryptocurrency. <laughs> no, 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 no. Real company connected to racing, and in particular, a racing family. Well, at least it was. It no longer is, but it was connected. It was connected to mm -hmm. a racing family. Yes. And I'm not talking drivers. But a family, so... Yes. Uh, so Earnhardt, no? No, no, no. Okay. Not drivers. But a family. Used to own a track. Used to own a track. Henske? No. <laughs> I have no idea. Clabber Girl was the sponsor. Oh, nice. <laughs> Isn't that wild? Oh. See, this is the, the greatness that we stumble upon in these, in these updates. Yes. Love so I, I just thought, I mean, I thought, okay, that's unbelievable. Oh. We, we have to make sure... That That's we awesome. bring that up. So our random split air driver of the week, Stevie Reeves. Excellent. 92, 93 USAC champion. And of course a speedway Indiana native, our random split air driver of the week next week. As we mentioned at the top of the show, no episode we're off for Thanksgiving. We'll be back in two weeks. And Justin, before we wrap up, Ahead of time, congratulations. Thank you. New addition to your family. Yeah. Coming, coming hopefully up. on Saturday. Saturday, wife being induced at 5.30 a.m. on Saturday. So uh, we'll have a, a new guest uh, in a couple weeks. They'll have a segment. We'll give uh, my new son a, uh, a segment of some sort. Just I'm sure he'll have a lot to say. <laughs> I'm sure he will. <laughs> or I'm be asleep. I'm sure he will. Uh, but we'll make sure he's an IndyCar fan from the jump because Lord knows we, we need everyone we can get. Yeah. I mean, someone's... Got to sign up for Peacock and yeah, so, without know. grumbling. Yes. It'll be great. Once he grows up, he won't know this whole, it'll be just be common knowledge and common. Everybody will be having streaming services, right? It won't be this. Uh, I have to pay five bucks for this and five bucks for that. It'll be normal. Can you imagine like living your life and being a fan of IndyCar and having like no knowledge of the split, right? No what a luxury, of, right? He doesn't have to go through the <laughs> suffering that we all You're had like, to. When I was a kid, it's like, okay, there's this series that I watch, but also there's this series that I also watch, and I'm not sure which one to pick. And, it's always very awkward. Yeah, it was, it was rough. But here we are. Here we are. We don't have to worry about it. So again, no episode next week. Justin will have his hands full, obviously, yeah. and we'll be enjoying Thanksgiving as well. Yes. But we'll be back in two weeks. I'm sure plenty of IndyCar news to get to. Until then, as always, for Justin Kinney, I'm Caleb Hatch. Thanks for joining us on another edition of New Track Record Podcast. Podcasts by Federated Media.